0: Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry.
1: Hello everybody, this is Upworthy Weekly and I'm Todd Perry, a staff writer at Upworthy. And the reason why I have such a sexy voice on today's show is because I've been a little under the weather. But I'm rallying, and one of the reasons I'm rallying is because I've been lifted up by my wonderful, wonderful the host of this show, Allison Rosen. You know her from Allison Rosen is your new best friend and childish with Greg Fitzsimmons. Allison, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you? I mean, I'm doing better than you are.
1: It's true. You know, I woke up this morning and I... I is. <laughs> Eyes. I, is. Uh, I was what I refer to as man sick.
2: Mm. What does that w- mean?
1: Well, I think there's a stereotype with men. I think it's true that they can't handle being sick. Mm-hmm. And like my wife is getting ready for work and I'm laying in bed and I'm just like, Oh, I've got to call the lawyer, make sure all my affairs are in order. <laughs> I don't think I can do-. I'm like, babe, I can't do the show today. I can't there's five other things I gotta do. I can't do it. I don't know. I just, it's over for me. You know, there's nothing. I'm not going to be able to do it. And I'm going to let so many people down today uh, with not being able to do the show. And so then I uh, i slept on it and I, I slept a little longer and then I woke up and then I thought, you know, I can't let my people down. I can't let Allison down.
2: No. I can't, I can't let, let, let Joseph Upworthy.
1: Joseph R. Upworthy. Imagine that meeting. If I got to walk in, you oh, missed God. the show. <laughs> You know, it It would be a bad, it would be a bad scene. Right. I'd have to confront Joseph R. Upworthy, the listeners. Uh, and so I conjured up kind of something deep inside me. And I remember, and I'm sure, Allison, you're completely familiar with this. And that's um, June 11th, 1997, when uh, the Bulls played uh, the Utah Jazz.
2: Mm, think of it every day.
1: And Michael Jordan had the flu yes and he had he had to get be on an IV the night before um the whole bit he he was he was dying but he still he went and he played and he scored 38 points and the bulls won the game and they call it the flu game so i was like you know what if michael jordan could do a flu game then todd perry here i i can i can i can do this episode okay is you this know?
2: your flu pod
1: yeah, this is the flu pod. This is gonna go down in like Apple history, whenever they're talking, and years from now, you know, Chuck Klosterman is gonna be sitting there going, you know <laughs> We thought we knew Todd Perry until the flu pod game, and then they you know, they'll they'll cut over to Bill Simmons and he will he'll do a whole breakdown on it. And and so then I did what men are allowed to do in America these days is I made a decision about my health. <laughs>
2: Ooh, sick burn. I see what you did.
1: And I took a Tylenol because that's what probably a doctor would have said. You know, Probably.
2: They would say two and call them in the morning. But you went ahead and you just took one. I like it. Judicious.
1: That's fine. And that whole conversation should just be between me and my doctor. That's right. You know, So I made a health decision and I came out to do the podcast. So, you know.
2: I would just, on behalf of all of... You know, quick aside, Mm. Fitzsimmons, who we mention frequently on this show, my childish co-host, he always starts childish by like saying, you know, hello, Americans, or uh, addressing America. And I'm like, get out of this jingoistic mindset, my friend. We are global nowadays. So I just want to address the entire world on behalf of the entire world. This is from the entire world to you, Todd.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We're
2: giving you a round of applause. Now, I think what everyone's wondering, what I'm wondering,
1: and I I am this... Oh, yeah. But, you know, I think I I deserve a little more than that. Because as a man, very small gesture, people... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Allison, so you were talking...
2: For getting out of bed and taking a Tylenol I think what we're all wondering is Is it COVID? But you took a test in the middle of the night And it was negative
0: But yeah, I, I yeah.
2: being a doom and gloom kind of person A.K.A. a realist Have said you should probably test again
1: Yeah, Allison, as I've said before Is the Wednesday Adams of Upworthy <laughs> And yeah, she did, you did say to take another test So, you know, I think after this you know, show. But you know, here's the thing. Talking about history and talking about one day when this episode will be discussed by talking head people that we're all on I Love the nineties. I think that um if it becomes the COVID show where oh. Todd achieved on a level you know, with COVID and, and put right. together just a fascinating, you know, hot fifty five minutes of talk, uh, that that's even better than the the flu game. So I'm up and yeah. May I be positive?
2: I hope so. I mean, no, I don't. I don't know what I want for you. Something, something tremendous.
1: You know, that's good. I. That's another great thing about being a man is people don't know what they want for me. You know, but if you're a woman, you know, they know what they want. They know what they want. You know, they know what they want. And they uh, want. Yeah. So, Allison, what do we have going on on today's show?
2: Oh my gosh! Well. Here's something I can definitely get behind. Uh, A company announces 30-minute nap break for employees every day with their right-to-nap policy. I don't know why more companies haven't gotten behind this. I've given myself a right-to-nap policy. I've instituted that in my own home. But it's always been sort of secretive, and I have felt shame around it. But now people who like to nap can feel proud And we don't have to hide anymore. WakeFit, which is an Indian company, they're a home-to-sleep solution startup, have announced that from 2 to 2.30 every day is going to be official nap time. Uh, Employees' calendars will be blocked off, so meetings won't be scheduled, calls won't be scheduled during that time. Uh, The company has cited studies from Harvard and NASA showing that naps are linked to better performance and productivity. Uh, Apparently, even a 26-minute cat nap can enhance performance by 33%. Uh, Naps can prevent burnout. They can restore Mm. cognitive function. Uh, And the company is also working toward creating cozy nap pods for these Uh, half-hour official naps and the company in emails that they look forward to finding their employees sleeping on the job. (laughs) Teehee. They didn't write teehee, but I imagine it in there. Um, But now to me, this seems completely novel, but evidently they're not the first company to institute something like this. Uh, Here are some other companies that also encourage employee naps. I found this surprising. Sleep.org, Google, Facebook Ben and Jerry's Cisco Zappos and uber they all encourage employee naps
1: so do they encourage the uber driver like pull over over the side of the road and get a quick 26 minute nap before I mean he or I would she... hope
2: I would hope that they encourage them to pull over as opposed to like just do it in traffic
1: <laughs> yeah excuse me real quick I'm gonna turn off the meter you're gonna be a little late but I have my company mandated, you know, Uber nap.
2: Nap time. Yeah.
1: See, I would be okay with this. Like, if I was working in an office, as long as, uh, you know, I had my privacy, like, right. it, it would be weird. Like, oh, it's Grace from accounting and we're sleeping right next to each other. That's like a really intimate thing and
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh so yeah, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be seen. Like I've taken naps before when I had office jobs, but like I'd drive my car over to a nearby park. Mm-hmm. And then go into the parking lot and take a nap there, um which probably made me look like a, a derelict, but I I I'd rather do that than have my employees, fellow employees seeing me nap.
2: Right. Do you remember in kindergarten, for me in kindergarten, I just, I had a, a towel. We were each supposed to bring a towel to school. Mine was pale pink, and I remember my, my mom wrote my name in it. Hmm. And we would just roll it out on the floor, and then we would just all, they would turn the lights out, they'd play a record, and we would all just take a nap. Maybe eventually employees can do something like that.
1: Yeah, maybe we're all reverting back to kindergarten, you know? right.
2: Here's the thing. For me, the only way this would work is if someone took my phone away. Because I really, in theory, I love this idea. I am so into sleeping. I'm into sleeping on the job. I'm into dozing. I'm into being horizontal. I'm just into relaxing in general. But every nap begins with me looking at my phone. And then eventually... I become so sick of myself and the way I'm wasting time. I like throw my phone to the side and fall asleep. Uh, and and that eats up time. So the only way I could really make good use of 30 minutes is if I did not start with my phone. Because what I see happening is at like 2.27, I'm like, I'm still on TikTok. <laughs> and then I try to squeeze in three minutes and it wouldn't work.
1: And you're just like, oh, it's, you know, just keep scrolling. Oh, I'm going to find something cool soon. I'm going to find something cool soon. Yeah. I I remember when I was in college at uh, Cal State University, Long Beach. Uh, They had like a nap room that was outside of the music room. And so I used to... Me me and my friends would always meet up in the music room. And we'd sit and play CDs or whatever. And then I remember one time I got to school. And then I took a nap. And I overslept through two classes. And then I got back in my car and I drove home. (laughs) (laughs) That was... Looks like I missed it all today. I
2: should have just stayed home. Wait, what? What went on in this nap? Like, what did the nap room look like?
1: It was. It looked like a little stoner pad. Like it was just a bunch of beanbag chairs, and it was dark, and maybe like some kind of black light stuff going on. And Mm. yeah, it was really relaxing. And I just laid there, and you know, (laughs) then got up and then went back home.
2: I've never really been great about falling asleep in public. I also, yeah. you mentioned like pulling over in your car. I've never really felt comfortable falling asleep in my car either. I think for reasons of, I don't know. So I, I don't know. I think I feel vulnerable in my car, even though I know that the advice, if you're driving at night and you feel tired, they always say just pull over and, and go to sleep. Yeah, that never sounds... never comfortable doing that.
1: No, that sounds like a bad... I'm just going to get off the freeway here someplace I don't know and... uh
2: yeah. It's better than potentially falling asleep while you're driving, though.
1: That's true. Whenever that's happening to me, I just keep slapping myself. Like, I'm tired. (laughs) It's like, like, window down. But then if your window's down, they think you're drunk. And uh, then slap myself and, you know, listen to some annoying music or something.
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, it's been years since I've been in that situation. But I used to do the, like, put the window down, get really cold, put it up, turn the air conditioning on, turn the heat. Like, just accost myself with different sensory input.
0: Upworthy Weekly.
1: People are helping introverts by sharing their go-to small talk topics. Uh, This one was a very popular one this week because I think making small talk is something that a lot of people find uh, to be You know, an uncomfortable situation whenever they have to make small talk. And so I think this was actually a really functional article that some people go, oh, geez, how do people do it? Uh, A Reddit user named Blugged Bunny asked the online forum, what's your go-to small talk topic with strangers? And see, although the question wasn't intentionally to help introverts, me as Todd Perry, the upworthy writer, saw what's the upworthy angle on this and which would be what's helpful? Mm -hmm. And, and also I think there's a lot of people that really strongly identify with the fact that they're introverts. I think people's identity, they're really bought into it. I don't think people are extroverts are like, I'm an extrovert, blah, 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 because then you (laughs) you seem obnoxious. Uh Uh-huh. But I think people that are introverts are really married to the idea.
2: Yeah, because I think it makes you feel better having an explanation for why you might not be as outgoing and as uh into being around people all the time you need that to feel okay because because society rewards extroverts Mm -hmm. so you need to you need an explanation for why you're not out there you know chewing your friend's ear off
1: (laughs) so i found you know I, i i crowdsourced a whole bunch of ways that people uh you know Make small right, talk, yeah,
2: let's hear them, well,
1: uh one guy said something that I agree with that if I'm I don't know sitting at a bus stop next to somebody or on a park bench, you know and feeding the ducks or whatever, uh they bring up quote something in our environment that we can both relate to, you mm. know, like eh, you know, I never noticed that water tower, you know um that that duck sure does look funny. Uh <laughs> and then you have to make it easy for them to give a response like and and I'll do that like uh, I will say, like you know, I never noticed that water tower, but I bet it's what three hundred four hundred gallons can fit in that, and then I uh, comma right, so I'm asking for the agreement or whatever, then they go, you know mm. th- that looks like six hundred seven hundred and then and then when they were like then we get then you're off
2: to the races,
1: yeah. Um, And then another one that says, and this is good, and I think people use this on me, uh, is people love to talk about themselves. So a few questions about them and some follow-up questions and their answers usually does it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think maybe someone like you or someone like me, we have a, maybe enough things about us for people who know us that they can, uh, oh, how's the podcast doing? You know? yes, How's it working yes. with that Greg Fitzsimmons? You know, people can have things that, that they can bug us about or they go like, oh, Todd, how are the Raiders do it, whatever you know um, one way that sports makes small talk easy.
2: Do you ever find though, and now this is just a tangent, but I do find occasionally people will be like wanting to get into like the detailed finer points of something and I feel like they're actually just making conversation thinking this will be a fun topic for you to discuss and it's actually not a fun topic. And I will I'll give you an example. Like, so tell me, how does it work, you know, getting ads on your show? How does something like that work? How do you even go about doing something like that? And I'm like, that is a it's a long explanation. It's not interesting. I could tell you, but I don't think you're gonna be interested by it. It's not like it's actually not a small talk conversation.
1: Yeah. Like, how do you make money off this? You know?
2: Kind yeah, kind of.
1: W- which is anyway. weird. And you want people to go. Why are you so endlessly fascinating that people want to listen to you talk? Yeah. Why? Is when that? I feel like
2: it's self-evident. I don't know. I, with you, they should just ask for a tortoise update. And with me, they, can, they should ask me about my children and my dog mm. and leave it at that. And also, I'm open to discussing Severance, the TV show.
1: Another one is food. People typically love food, which is, of course, like we need food to mm. to subsist. There's nobody I know that's like, eh, food. Um,
2: um, you sound like people. You sound like a robot. People typically love food. I just that- arrived in Earth. People, people typically love
1: food. Maybe that's because I have COVID.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: and my voice is not that dynamic. You're-
2: you re- No, you don't it's not the t- it's not the tone of your voice. It's just the revelation that peop- people typically enjoy food. The human race, they typically enjoy food, they drink water to hydrate. It reminds but tell me Tell me tell me more about the way people enjoy food.
1: Oh, it was like uh, we had in one of the places where I worked, they had uh, they did all these meetings and they paid all this money for, you know, to figure out how to better market to different people of different cultures mm-hmm. and one of the takeaways the person went to the meeting and they said you know it's important to hispanic audiences um family is very important to them and their homes is very important and then somebody wisely said isn't that the same for everybody like is there yeah. any group of people that are like don't like the homes not really into their houses and not really into their family. Right, know? right. It was kind of funny. But it was just a generic observation about humanity versus that specific audience, which I'm sure right. they could have done much better uh, learning right. about. And Or it's always, um, I'm going to butcher this, but a guy, Brian Whitman, that I did a podcast with, uh, he used to do voices for Rick Dees, who's a really popular, mega yes. popular LA radio. Yeah, LA radio guy for years. And, you know it's 84 degrees and you know and he, Brian used to always say he used to always say that Rick would say you know you know Brian people always love talking about the weather so never stop talking about the weather give them the weather on the 8s give it to them on the 16s people love hearing about the weather you know <laughs> and that always that always busts me up that like his great observation of life about how to entertain audiences was the most obvious small talk question of all time but he was really right. married to the opinion which is why Rick Dees was so passionate.
2: That's so funny. You know what is so funny, though? I don't particularly enjoy small talk wise talking about the weather. But when I'm driving, if I'm going to listen to drive time radio, I do enjoy a weather update and I do enjoy a traffic update. Like I am really that person that the uh, old school radio format people are programming toward because I like the traffic updates, even though I have the worst sense of direction in the world. So when they're talking about a collision on the grapevine, I don't even know where that is. And I'm not going to change my route at all because I'm using GPS and I'm just listening. I'm just letting my phone tell me where to go.
1: You know, if I was a man who was middle aged, I would explain to you where the grapevine is, but I'm far too young. To do something like that,
2: yeah, you know, you would never, you would never mansplain, and certainly not while you have the, not on your COVID pod.
1: No, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it down to that level. (laughs) Right, it's it's a high mark. You're
2: transcending.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and and also this show would once again turn into an episode of the Californians. You know, right? We and
2: we're not going to do that.
1: See the traffic updates. I never like because it's never where I am. And then, if I am in traffic, I know I'm in traffic. But maybe I do Mm -hmm. find out it was a jackknife Yugo on the five that is screwing up my day, you know? Right. Uh, Another small talk question is Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And that was a joke. And I don't think you got the joke, so I'm going to move on. But somebody laughed. Did
0: you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? No, I thought not.
2: Uh, Explain it to me.
1: Okay, in, in Star Wars, in the prequel Star Wars movies, the Emperor is trying to seduce Anakin Skywalker to become Darth Vader spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. That I, I actually knew that. In order to do that, he tells him the story of a great darth that 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 did great things darth Plagueis the wise. But oh, it's okay. great cuz they're just talking to each other and it comes out of nowhere. And it's part mm-hmm. of that weird wooden writing in those that's almost kind of this this far on almost joyous. And the but the emperor really sells it cuz he's such a hammy actor that it, mm-hmm. it makes the bad writing work, but it's always like uh, apropos of nothing, I just want to ask somebody that from time to time, like as in my nerd brain, that happens.
2: Yeah. Well, Another I know you go to Lebowski yeah. Fest, so you probably are filled with tons of one-liners and things you could use.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Another one is this person. This person made a an acronym. Ooh, let's hear it. Ford, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Ooh. So those are the four things you're looking at. Somebody go. I can go. Family. How's the family? How's the kids? Um, Occupation. You know. So uh, how's your job? Mm -hmm. Recreation. You know, hitting that weed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Dreams. What are your? What do you really want to do, Allison?
2: Right. Have Have any weird dreams? No. I know that's not what they. That's not what they mean by dreams,
1: but. Oh yeah, yeah that would that, and you know what I when it comes to boring conversations I never want to hear about people's dreams. I've never had I a I sometimes co- do, but I'm I'm weird like that. Yeah, I people because people will go on, and, you know, I had the strangest dream last night and I was my, my ear turned into a coconut and I and I don't know. Um uh, I I always one small talk thing I like to drop when I'm at like Stater Brothers when I'm at the mm. local supermarket and I'm checking out, and I always get a positive response to this, I've noticed. So Allison, you can use it. You know. Okay, thank you. I mean, it's how you deliver it, also. But you know, I always go, whew, man, I am hungover," and uh, and you always get a laugh because the person goes, <laughs> "They're like, wow, that was like way too much TMI, but that probably means you're kind of cool because you drink too much." You know. Right. A- and then you go back and forth, and then they go, "Whoa, you got an- getting another twelve pack?" You're like, oh, that's right." And uh, I don't know. You always get a smile off that, you know, and they, and sometimes they are too, you know, and they give you the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one, you know, even if I'm not hungover, I'll, I'll do it.
2: You think I should roll in there with my two children and try it? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I feel like I would get a different response.
1: I, you say, oh, too many vodkas last night. Am I right? And then then you look at the kids like they're driving you nuts. You go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know small talk I I hate which maybe hate isn't a very upworthy word but when you have like coworkers and you all go out and mm-hmm. you just rag on that coworker that isn't there like oh my god did you see what Martha was wearing the other day and then that's always like because you know that when you're not there you're yeah. the butt of the conversation because nobody has anything better to talk about. So they sit and they rag on the person that isn't there. That always right. makes me uncomfortable. Me too.
2: Wait, is are you qualifying? Is that small talk though or is that gossip? I feel like uh, that's
1: gossip. I think gossip can be small talk.
2: I guess, yeah. It's like gossip taking the place of small talk because no one really has anything to talk about.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, we were talking before. And I was talking about trying to elevate small talk into medium talk.
2: Yes. Yes, I do remember that. Why were, I can't remember why we were talking about that, but I remember you saying that that is something you try to do.
1: I don't know. You backed me into a corner about something, and that was my way of crawling out. <laughs> but I thought, oh, somebody once said this, and I don't know if it's true, so you tell me if you think it's true. Okay. That small minds – wait, wait, wait. Small minds talk about people, medium minds talk about events, and large big minds talk about ideas. Oh, I like that.
2: Small minds talk about people, medium minds talk about events, and large minds talk about ideas.
1: Like that's where their consciousness is. Like again, yeah. the small minds is Did you hear about Martha, blah 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 right. blah blah blah. And then medium minds is did you watch Real Housewives? <laughs> and then larger minds are like, "You know, I had this idea about different levels of conversation. that's thats right. big mind. that's
2: yeah. I like this notion quite a bit. I also think this is something that people who want to think they have big minds tell themselves because it makes us feel better uh, I think that there is a lot of movement within uh the groups because i think that you know people with i think look even the smallest mind is a pretty big mind and the biggest mind has moments of being relatively small uh if you think about it At, like th- like a small mind compared to like no offense to a worm or something but like the you know a worm's mind or something a small a small human mind is still quite powerful um, so I think that they're you know a small mind is still capable of all kinds of thoughts, but for the most part, I'm gonna agree with
1: that statement so you think that worms just sit around and talk about other worms
2: prob- <laughs> probably did you see the way Ferdinand slithered classic Ferdinand He doesn't even put any effort into it. I think he's capable of so much more, but he doesn't even try.
1: Do you see the way Josie just split in half? And like it wasn't even even split in half, and then Josie went and looked at Josie two, and didn't even recognize Josie two.
2: Yeah, so dumb. And then did you like? I feel like she has snacks in all her stomachs. <laughs> we we do have a lot of stomachs, right?
1: No, no, we just had we just have one.
2: We do. What
1: well, worms? Are we, oh my are we gosh! I'm worms? having a
2: real senior moment. Yeah, worms. I'm I'm being a worm right now. Do worms not
1: have multiple stomachs? I don't even know if they have stomachs. Well, they do because I see the occasional like upworthy article. It's like they just ate a whole bunch of plastic and turned it into compost.
2: I love that about us. I'm still a worm. Um, but Josie doesn't do any composting and Josie too, doesn't do any composting and Ferdinand thinks he's better than that. Um, so they just have one stomach. Huh? Yeah. We, you know, learned about all the different body parts. I'm, I, I don't know why I'm editing myself. We dissected worms in seventh grade. Um, but I remember nothing about it other than like what they looked like on the outside and like the actual mechanics of it, I was very not into the whole dissection thing. But I don't remember anything on the inside of the worm. Anyway, but now I want to find out if they have multiple stomachs. Upworthy Weekly. Weekly. All right, look, Todd, I have a bone to pick with you. Oh okay. God. You choose the stories. That I look, we're really laying them behind the curtain. You choose the stories that we do because you are on the inside track at Upworthy. You. Upworthy Weekly staff writer. You have given yourself the title of the king of good news. Upworthy is about good news. And you have sent me this story and it is the saddest story I have possibly ever read. It involved a video I watched. And I know that I am... uh, I know that this is – the way I'm presenting this is frustrating because I haven't even shared what it's about. But let me just say I watched the whole video, and then at the end, I made a sound that was – I was trying to be quiet because I was in the office with my husband. We both work in there, and I just went like, (laughs) and then I just started crying. Anyway, ESPN anchor perfectly explains a dog's love in moving on-air tribute to his good boy, Otis. I'm not oh, a regular Sports Center viewer. So this was a segment on SportsCenter, ESPN's Scott Van Pelt. Again, I'm not familiar with Scott Van Pelt. I'm a fan of his now, though. Um, so he had a dog named Otis, who was his family dog. And recently, Otis, they had to put Otis to sleep. Uh, And so he did this whole segment complete with lots of different photos and like really just took the viewers through Otis's whole life and what Otis meant to him and to his wife and to his kids and to his family. And it was so sweet and so moving. And he talked about he got married late in life and shortly after getting married they got a dog which was kind of like a trial balloon for having kids which is my I related to that because my husband and I did that too Mm -hmm. um and the dog was kind of like a you know a practice for having a kid like let's see what you know what it's like when we sort of parent a being together before having kids uh and that he had you know read other people's moving tributes to their pets that had died before and he always felt badly for them, but he never really, really understood the pain they were in and that he uh, wishes that he didn't understand it now that the grief he is feeling is so immense that he is never, you know, nothing has ever loved him the way Otis did and that he has mentioned this to his mom before and his mom you know takes umbrage with it because of course she feels like hey I'm your mom (laughs) uh and he has like a very funny way of explaining it but you know and then he would say to her have you ever been mad at me because you know the Otis has barely ever been mad at me like the only times Otis was mad at me is because I didn't give him enough treats I mean just he just so perfectly puts into words the bond between you and your animal and and the way that Otis was so patient with his kids and oh my gosh it is just I don't know how many minutes it was it's just it's so beautiful and it is so sweet and by the end I was just a puddle which is why I'm angry at you Todd for making me experience this even though I'm probably a better person for experiencing it um yeah it was just it was really beautiful and really sweet and uh and uh, I recommend it if you are a person with a heart and a soul.
1: Let me uh, play a quick clip of the end okay. of this, which really just brings down the house.
0: When I get home from the show late at night, I'd sit in a chair in a room off of our kitchen in the dark. And I'd wait to hear the click of his nails on the floor. And then he'd barrel down the stairs, tail going like a helicopter. And he'd headbutt my knee again and again, like he was saying, Give me some love, Papa, and some treats. All right, big fella, I got plenty of both. Just like sitting behind me in my office, it was the last part of our daily routine to be wherever I was. And now he's not. After the show tonight, I'd rather drive all the way from D.C. to the Pacific Ocean instead of taking a short ride home where I'm gonna sit in the dark waiting for my Odie boy. But if this hurt is the cost of the transaction for being on the receiving end of a mighty love that I got to know in Otis the dog, then I pay it with enormous gratitude. Because even though I'm crying, I was just so happy he was ours. And I'm so happy that we were his. My friend Spencer Hall said simply, dogs are grace. And Chris Stapleton sings about a revelation that a dog has a soul, and they're both right. I stared into the eyes of Otis the dog and into his soul, and I promised him again and again, yours is going to forever live in mine.
1: Uh, I, I obviously, I really related to this because I think just like Scott Van Pelt um, again, I, well, I got married, not that late in life, but, uh, I got a dog before having a kid and I had never, like my dad and stepmom had had dogs, but I, I didn't like live with them and didn't like kind of bond with them the way that when I got my first dog with my wife that my wife made me get that <laughs> I, I didn't want to get a dog. I was like, it's going to stick up the house. I didn't. And I, sw- it took me like one day, the dog, um, we were getting ready to go to work, and the dog picked up my underwear off the floor <laughs> and put it in his crate and slept with my underwear. Oh, now that if there's anything that's love, that it's that. Now, at first, on some level, I was like, you know, maybe this is just narcissism because I'm like, this thing will sleep with my underwear, I might as well love it back, you know. But <laughs> it wasn't that, it was about something more. It was about, like, you know, I would have. I would have slept with his underwear too, you know? Yes. And I just love my Murray. And again, I thought I understood before having Murray what people dealt with when they dealt with the loss of a pet and a dog specifically, Um, but I didn't know. And so this guy kind of, I felt like it reflected exactly my experience and that I lost my poor Murray uh, during the middle of COVID, like July Mm -hmm. 2020, and he died in my arms. Of a heart attack. Oh, God. He was on my bed, and he was having a heart attack, and I picked him up right in his last moments, and I talked to him, and I told him mm-hmm. how much I loved him, and it was just like, oh, my God. It was just the most heartbreaking thing, and I, my feeling was that I had lost my shadow because yes. my Murray was always like on, on my heel wherever I went. If I got up, you know, if I sat down on the couch to watch something, he would lay down, put his head on me, and he was just—it was just like having my shadow. And I worked from home, so I was just always with Murray. When I worked in office, I would take him to work, and he bit the CFO of the company and got banned. It was <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I don't know. I just had this wonderful relationship with Murray, and he died too young. So, I, you know, still raw with me. So Scott mm. Van Pelt's words, and you know, I, yeah. So.
2: Yeah, he talks about how much he is dreading going home in and sitting in the dark <clears throat> and not hearing Otis' nails, you know, clicking on the floor, and and Otis, you know, running running around <clears throat> the bend and putting his head against his knee, which is what he had done every single night when he had come home. And I know that feeling of the ha- just the difference in the house at mm. the beginning when your dog is gone. It's so hard. So awful.
1: It's haunting. Now, yeah. I do- I doubt this is I I'll, I'll ask you because I really don't know the answer, but I doubt it's the same feeling or as intense. But do you think people feel bad if they lose a cat?
2: <laughs> I knew it was going to come to this. Uh I think I uh, look for humor's sake, and because, you know, we like to keep this going, I know I should say it is not the same. But I think it is actually as as much as it's confusing to us, since we do not have pet cats, even though I've expressed that I would like to have a cat someday, I do think it is the same. Because after our precious Oliver, who was our first dog, died. Daniel yeah. and I, and it was a, it's a whole long thing. It was like a, he was young, and it was a, a, a tragic death, and well, it was awful. Um, I was having so much trouble getting past it um, that we went to this grief, a pet loss support group at the one of the vet clinics around here, um, and... So we were like in this group with other people who had recently lost their pets. And there were some people who had lost their cats in there. And I swear the intensity of the grief was the same, whether it was a dog or a cat. And there was one guy and he had lost his bird. Hmm. Dog, cat or bird, I'm telling you, is the same.
1: S- someone should rank this, you know, most intense feelings to have for a pet to lose. Yeah. You know? Yes, I uh, obviously I know that people get sad when they lose their cats. But. Hi, I'm Alex Schmidt, and I want you to be excited about everything. That's why I make my podcast. It's called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. On each episode, we take one thing that people think is ordinary and we get into the history and the science and the stories that prove it's actually the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Search secretly Incredibly Fascinating in your podcast player. Go ahead and start with whatever
0: episode topic looks the most fun. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. Skilly doob
2: beep bop jeep da cheep Now Alice. I didn't know you scat.
1: Skilly beep beep da doop dooba dooba. Ba 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 da skilly-dipili-bop leep ba blep. And I can also do that thing like Dizzy Gillespie where I make my cheeks big like Wow.
2: The funny thing is that, and I think this is because you have, might have COVID, you think that you're puffing your cheeks out and making them big like Dizzy Gillespie, but you're really just filling your mouth with air a little bit. Yeah, those, your cheeks are not getting very big.
1: Well, what I was told at the beginning of the pandemic is that if you can hold your breath for 10 seconds, then you don't have COVID.
2: Okay, well then, congratulations.
1: But throw, I only- out your,
2: throw out your rapid tests. your rapid negative. You're negative.
1: Now Allison, do you understand the feeling of jazz? I don't. I don't know if I do. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. I become sometimes I become jazzy, Todd. Uh, I, it's just no. like it over the the jazz overtakes my body, and I start just having. It's like I get communications from Charlie Parker and Thelonious Monk. It was weird. Monk. Suddenly you were
2: black and white, and you were holding a cigarette.
1: Yeah, and I was. Yeah, I I got to say it was kind of funny. There's a great documentary about Kenny G uh that was on HBO I saw recently. And it was hilarious because it was all about the fact that people who are it, the the jazz police hate Kenny G.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like people who are really into jazz and like that weird world of like the gatekeepers in jazz and all this like they just they can't stand Kenny G. But right. Kenny G is like the biggest selling jazz musician of all time. Mm-hmm. And so it was a documentary about how, like, the common man loves Kenny G, but jazz people hate him. And it's about, like, pr- pretentiousness and what what's art and what's not. And about how Kenny G does not care about jazz. There's no pure ideas about jazz. And he has this big painting behind him of, like, five of the greatest jazz musicians of all time. You know, it's like Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker... Thelonious Monk, Miles Davis, the people that like anybody that even doesn't know that much about jazz will go, Mm -hmm. "Oh, them." And the interviewer is talking to Kenny G, and he's like, "That's uh, Miles Davis, and uh, that's Dizzy Gillespie." He's like, "I don't know who the other guy is." And and the interviewer goes, "Thelonious Monk." He goes, "Thelonious Monk. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) So, (laughs) why does he even? Why does he have
2: this if he doesn't know? Someone gave it to him.
1: I guess. I don't know. But it was funny that he couldn't identify one of the greatest. Per- it was like if you're a baseball player and someone was like, who's that? I don't know. That's Babe Ruth. Oh, okay. Or you're in a pot, you know. It was just hilarious. So, it's a great documentary. And it makes you love him, actually.
2: That's uh, what I was going to say. Do you walk away from it feeling positive or you feel positive about Kenny G?
1: You do. You feel positive about him. and You go, he's a unique duck. And it makes you kind of feel a little bit of contempt for the jazz police, you know?
2: Yeah, interesting.
1: But anyway, enough about that. Allison Rosen. Yes. On a scale of one through five. Yes. One being Kenny G. And five being Thelonious Monk, Live in Tokyo, 1963, with John Coltrane on sax. Oh. Rate right your week. <sighs>
2: Um this has been a tough week, so i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this a one point five uh mm. which is the lowest I've ever gone. look personally, I had an okay week. We went to disneyland um and uh i I was a guest on a podcast in person and what else I did some stuff, but I have just been pretty depressed over the leaked Um, SCOTUS opinion and feeling like, you know, this country is going backwards. And I think that I grew up feeling like, oh, that kind, those kind of things are behind us. That'll never happen again. And I have been very disenchanted in the last however many years, probably since, I don't know, I, I guess since about 2016, maybe a little before, of feeling like, all these things that i believed would not happen in my lifetime are probably going to happen and i feel powerless and i don't really know what to do with this feeling and I, it just i feel depressed and i feel like i don't know what this country is anymore and i feel scared and uh and just very dismayed and hopeless
1: i i agree i think it's it's like there's something very dark Yeah. Dark cloud headed over the country. There's uncertainty. And, um, you know, it's that it's not a very upworthy thing to say, but it's like you go, oh, no, this is we've we've just we're just starting something that's going to be, I think, an unfortunate time.
2: Right. Because it's not excuse me, it's not going to. You know, okay, so Roe gets overturned. Well, that's not—that's just the be That's the first domino. I believe in where this is headed. You know, and then, gay marriage, and that. You know, it's like, where is this going? How yeah. how how Handmaid's Tale is this going to become? And I don't know anymore. It's really scary.
1: Yes. Well, we don't want to leave the show on a complete downer. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's obviously it's hard. And I'm a man speaking, but obviously your your words are much more important than mine on on the topic. But um...
2: from having been a progressive person who has been on Fox News shows years ago and sort of been on various conservative shows, I've come up against the other arguments a number of times, and then. I've you know on Twitter as well. It's like I know, I know you know when you're when you're arguing against ideology. It's like it feels that there's sort of a point at which you're not really going to be able to have a productive conversation. So I'm not even trying to change anyone's mind here. I don't really know where we go from here.
1: Yeah, I I don't think we go anywhere by trying to change. And and again, right. the people that hold this opinion is only like. A little over thirty percent of the country. Most people right. believe believe in these rights, which makes it even more insidious because it's not the will of the people; it's the will of a small cabal of people right. in a in a certain way. Um, so, but the positive thing is that obviously, this is there are many many people, uh, a, a majority of people are against this, and we the good thing we have seen if you just think of the last two years you've seen huge movements of people that have done a lot to change policy because people were just passionate about it and people stood up and, and fought back against power. So if if past is prologue, you know... Um,
2: right, right. I mean, I do believe, and I do believe there's a pendulum, um, and I do believe that, you know, after a period of darkness, there will be a period of lightness and, event, you know, the... The arc of something is long, but it bends towards justice. Like eventually we'll get to where we want to be. It just is going to be not in a while. Um, I just also want to say, though, I don't believe it. I feel depressed and hopeless, but I don't know that the situation is dep- is so hopeless. I'm just saying emotionally that is how I feel right now. Yes. But I don't want someone to listen and think that I'm saying the situation is hopeless. I don't think that's the case.
1: Uh, and the great thing is, because that's there, it gives a lot of people a big chance to mobilize. And right. if we can end the show on something a little more positive, I think. Well, make- I mean,
2: I haven't even asked you. Uh,
1: well, are, are you a better person?
2: <sighs> um, I'm trying to think of any way in which I'm a better person uh i mean i'm still flossing with my water pick like i talked about last week but i've Mm. even begun to doubt the validity of that i've begun to feel like what if this whole floss what if the whole water pick situation is a scam but i'm still doing it um i'm not reading atomic habits Mm. am i a better person oh my goodness what am i possibly doing that is making me a better person Um, I mean, you and I guest hosted a podcast last night Mm -hmm. and I hope we did a good, I think we did. I mean, it was very fun. I think we did a good job. So we're better people because we did that. So yes, I am because we guest hosted an episode of another podcast, which, uh, we will definitely tell everyone about when it comes out. Todd, on a scale of one to five, one being awful, five being transplendent. Uh, how was your week?
1: Well, obviously, it's hard to sit and rate a week, you know, when when a bit of doom, existential doom, was kind of injected into it. So I don't know if I'm actually going to give a whole rating to this week. Uh-huh. Um, but I did. It did. It did start just personally um, with me being injured. And did my you buddy slip
2: a- in your Doc shoes again?
1: No, this had this was not a Doc Shoes accident. Um, okay, my buddy bought a golf cart, and right. he he was showing me his golf cart. He's like, "Look, I bought a golf cart, and we're gonna drive it down the street. And I'm gonna drive it real fast." So I took my son and I put my son on the lap, and oh, you know, boy. like uh, w- with a golf cart, they have like the the bars on the side to hold up the canopy on the top. Uh huh. You know, like a windshield. Oh, and my kid is knocking on the door. Um. Declan, would you like to say hi real quick to Allison in our audience? No. <laughs> What's that? Could you say it in the mic real quick so I can hear it?
2: Hi. Hi. Um, in the pizza day at my school?
1: Oh. It was pizza day at your school, but we gave you the day off because you had the sniffles. Well, that's somebody who's having a bad week.
2: Oh, he missed pizza day and he has the sniffles.
1: He just sloughed off in the saddest way imaginable. You have to get him some pizza
2: today to make up for it.
1: I know, I know. Tell him you're going to. So, you know, but it was because of him that I got hurt, is, is, is the big problem here.
2: Because of your son? Yes. I haven't even heard the story yet, but I just want to say I'm sorry. I've had a 1.5 week, so I can't hold my tongue. This is what I heard. My friend got a golf cart, and so he brought it over. and He said, "I'm going to drive real fast down the street." So I grabbed my son, and we got in the cart. <clears throat> I have a lot of issues with that, everything that happened so far, but go on.
1: So, because I'm committed to safety, he was, my son was sitting on my lap. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that's what I mean. Look, that's what people did in the 70s. It was fine, but they were you know smoking a Marlboro while they did it. So. Right. But we were not smoking because this is 2022, right? Because
2: you're committed to safety.
1: Yeah, and menthols are illegal in Long Beach. But <laughs> is that true? Buy, yeah, you could buy pot. I could. I menthols could walk are the, illegal. Yes, you could buy. Up, go walk up at the corner and buy a sack of weed. Totally legal. All right, hmm. but you can't buy marijuana. Uh, I mean, but you buy, can't buy a menthol cigarette up the corner. It's very strange. Anyway. So, I was not smoking a menthol cigarette with my kid on my lap. And then the thing is with a golf cart, and you may not know this, Allison, because I don't think you play golf. But I don't. Now, with, with the golf cart, forward and reverse is like if you would put your right hand down like in, by the bottom of the seat. Okay. Right? And uh-huh. so you adjust that. Now, while we were going full speed, my kid kicked the thing from forward oh no. into reverse. Oh, no. And so oh, he, no. he was shorter, so he kind of just bumped up against the <gasps> dashboard with, with okay. his knee. He was okay. I flew and oh I God. hit I hit the, the bar that holds up the canopy and uh-huh. it landed right between where my, my neck meets what what do you what do you call this? Your shoulder. My shoulder, yeah. Your scapula. The sh- yeah, the scapula. So I just flew like that into the, the, the thing and then I hit my my knee, which has a very large bruise on it. In the, on the dashboard, and then I kind of, like, rolled out of the vehicle. And then the thing was, I thought it was my buddy who was driving's fault, so mm-hmm. I tried to play it off. Like, oh, I'm cool, because I didn't want him to feel bad. Right. And then, <laughs> then I realized, and he was like, oh, your kid kicked into reverse or whatever. And then I almost but did, went It was home. an accident, right? Yeah, it was an accident. But then I almost went Homer Simpson, you know, where he, like, grabs <laughs> bar. Uh, But, yeah, so, like, that hurt, and I was all jacked up all week because of that, and then I got sick, so there was a lot of, then there's, you know, global doom and gloom happening. Um, But, yeah, so, in that way, the the week wasn't great. And then, also, we talked on the show before, this is really a zero week, we talked on the show before about how I had an issue, I bragged about overcoming an issue with snoring. Mm Mm-hmm and that you and I was trying to give you advice about how your husband can overcome his snoring issues and but it's I bad
2: forget now. what I forget what your tip was that sounds like it didn't work
1: it was like antibiotics and flonase and it was a oh, whole whole bunch uh-huh. of stuff so what happened was my snoring came back even though I have a bad knee and a bad neck and was sick I had to sleep on the couch all week oh no and my couch is not comfortable so yeah i mean again oh that's right
2: you were bragging speaking of bragging on our other show you were bragging about how you love your uncomfortable mid-modern furniture oh Todd you need to get a plush grandma style couch for and just hide it in some room that people don't see for situations like this
1: for when my wife kicks me out of the bed
2: yeah you're probably snoring because you're sick
1: oh god <laughs> You know, here's here's the hope that next week is better, Allison. You it's know, it's got to be. This is up it's this Upworthy weekly, you know, and we're just gonna we're gonna keep plowing through it. And yeah. um, here's a question. Oh, I, I just burp. I don't know. Did you? <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> um, here's a question for those of you out there that are reviewing the show. Uh, on on Apple iTunes, you can review the show, and right after your angry political comment and one star review for us talking about women's rights, uh, may may you post whether you think that the COVID show, the possible COVID show, or the traditional flu show. I don't know how Bill Simmons. I don't know how the journalists are going to write about this show in the future.
2: How okay. it will be remembered, right?
1: No, that's not that's out of my control. My my yes. control. Is the greatness I can achieve right now. Exactly. In, in real time. Mm. And to be like Mike, right? Yes. That's what I can do. So, you know, write a review. Are people going to look back at this as a crowning achievement in podcasting? Or is it going to go down as just a total bummer show Then people are like, why do I even listen to Upworthy Weekly if they're going to bum me out? And I got to hear this guy's voice that sounds like Kathleen Turner. <laughs>
2: Yes, that's a great question.
1: I'd like to thank Allison Rosen for hanging out with me on this show and uh, for being heartfelt in her thoughts about her dog and women's issues. And uh, I'm sad we had to have that conversation.
0: Me too. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.